All right. All right. Welcome, everyone. This is a brand new show called Behind the Lines, a, um, a well-known topic that, you know, we dive into the world of sports. Um, myself, Martin, and my co-host, Nikki, will be the driving force behind this this um, this new segment. Um, today's topic, we will talk about um, Brittany Griner, her release. Um, we will definitely dive into Deion Sanders. Um, situation plus, you know, his moral being defaced at Jackson State. And also, we will tackle the topic about Daniel Snyder News. So, relax, come with us, and let us take you on this journey. Yeah. All right, Nikki. Well, you know, this this is this has been a eventful week in sports. And I'm telling you, it's like, you know, from Aaron Judge signing that 300 something plus million to go back to the Yankees. Um, then we had, you know, Deion Sanders from the weekend. To, I mean, well, his news been going on for the last couple of days and everything right. like that. Everybody, you know, unhappy or whatever the case may be. But, um, you know, how we think about it. And then today we got the news of Miss Brittany Griner finally released. For, um, from Russia um, in an exchange for one of they from a top guy, you know, that been doing some pretty awful things. Right. So we will. So definitely we're going to start with Brittany Griner first. Um, uh, what was your initial thought when you heard today, when you heard that she got um, released or what it, they did an exchange? Um, well, like when I woke up, to the news when I woke up to the news at first I thought I was like seeing things and then I looked again and I was like what wait a minute so I turned it to CNN because the first channel that my TV stay on is um sports ESPN so every time I wake up in the morning and turn it on it's already on there and mm -hmm. I thought I was just seeing things and then I was like oh okay so then I said let me go to CNN so I turned it on CNN and I was like oh what how, what what and then I kind of started reading up on to see what how the exchange happened and um research you know what happened and who they actually traded with which mm -hmm. i knew that this was the guy all along that russia wanted back yeah. um in order for the release um for me i was i was happy for her as yeah. a, as an american um being wrongfully detained um we knew the whole time that um she was detained for the fact of sacrifice yeah. um we know that the reason why they they what they did what they did with her sentencing um even though yes in their country that it is illegal and i think you know with her plan over there all the years that she have she know the rules she know the regulations i understand mm -hmm. that she's saying that she forgot that it was even in there or it wasn't intentionally um however but when you go to these other countries you have to know their laws you have to know their rules yeah. Um, and you have to abide by, but you know, or, or don't go to their country. Simple as that. Um, just like America, we have rules and regulations that we want you to abide by, or you can't come here, or you get detained here. However, um, but you know, with that being said, she was wrong. For, I feel you know, it was she. She was the, she was a bait. You know, she that's what it was for, to get what they to get what they wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, of course, it's it sent not only the sports world in a frenzy, but it spent the whole world into a frenzy this morning. Um, everybody have different views on it. Everybody feel differently about it. 
everybody feel like, you know, um, that was, it wasn't a fair trade. It was the worst trade ever, whatever. But mm. people need to read, people need to research and they need to understand how these negotiations work. They mm-hmm. need, they, they need to understand that. Um, Brittany Griner didn't mean as much to them as the guy Powell means to them. Yeah. So <clears throat> it was never going to be a trade for him. And mm-hmm. Russia, um, Biden, although Biden did try to do a two for one trade, um, being the type of guy that they were sending back, they felt like, oh, we can get two back over here. But Russia didn't want to, they wasn't going to do that. They said it's either her or none, you know, yeah. her or nobody, you know. And I know that it's other people over there. And I know Paul, I know he's been there four years. He's an American. So we, of course, we want all of our Americans back. Um, back home, but unfortunately, that's just not how the negotiation process works with these countries. Yeah. And more reason why you can you have to go to these countries and not disobey what their laws and their rules are. You know, sometimes people you're not as fortunate to make it back home. Like she was able to yeah. finally make it back home. You know, and mm-hmm. people have their views on it. People, some people are upset with it. People are, some people, you know, is happy about it, okay with it. For me, I'm fine. With, I'm fine with it either way. I do understand the type of guy that they traded, but for me, he back in his country. So whatever they choose to do with him, once he gets to his country, that'll be upon them. Um, you know, we have mass, we have shootings here daily. We have people that's killing up each other here daily. Now that it's right, <clears throat> now that it's no excuse. But at the end of the day, um, you have to research. And that's the reason why I got so upset with the Michael Parsons tweet today. Yeah. Not that what he said was wrong. Not that he was wrong to feel how he felt. Because he, it's just, just America. You have a freedom of speech. You have a freedom of choice. And you can speak freely how you choose to. But when you are a different type of spotlight and you are in a different platform, a person you have to be careful of the things that you send out. Kind of like what Herm Edwards always say. If you got to rethink it before you send it, don't hit send. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. once you hit send, it doesn't matter that you come back and remove it. It doesn't matter that you come back and make an apology for it. For me, when you say something the first time, you said exactly what mm-hmm. you meant. Yeah. So it doesn't matter that you came back and said, I apologize, blah, 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 blah. I'm happy Brittany home or whatever. Yes, I get that. And but at the end of the day, you are in a different, you are a different platform. You are almost like the top candidate to be defensive player of the year in the National mm-hmm. Football League. I'm not saying shut up and play football because you have a right to speak, you have a right to talk, but you have to know when is the right time to dip and dive into certain things. And politics, I don't don't do politics. Let it be. That's the reason why mm-hmm. we don't talk politics at work. It's the reason why you can't talk politics at certain places because people see it, people hear it, people pick up on it, and mm-hmm. you know you probably didn't mean those things the way that people took it, but because you are yeah. Michael Parsons and you play for the Dallas Cowboys, it's gonna be spent out of control. Now you yeah, got yeah. enough. Now you got negativity. Looking on on this side of the thing, when y'all supposed to be preparing for a game and getting ready for a game Sunday, you know. Yep. We didn't had enough drama with the OB stuff, OBJ stuff, you know. Yeah. So 
you know, we don't need nothing else going on in this media um, with us. But I, I'm happy Brittany's home. Um, she she deserves to be home. Um, I hope this is a lesson learned from her. For her, I, I don't think. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I'm sorry that she had to be the lesson for many others. But I think with this happening, mm-hmm. people are going to think twice before they go to these other countries and disobey their rules. Yeah. I, I agree. Okay. I definitely, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, pretty much everything that you said, because I mean, you know, it, <clears throat> it's one thing breaking the rules in your own country, then you go over and break the rules over there, and then, you know, to her expense, you know, the unfortunate happens because she played over overseas for so long, and like you said, that she should have known better. But, and then just to touch up on, you know, like you said, with Michael Parsons is that he, you know, he tweeted it and we already know how it is now in the media because soon as you say something, everybody's going to jump on it and rather, you know, you feel that you right, you know, you have a right to say it. Everybody doesn't share, is not going to share that same opinion. It's going to be an attack against you. And then you got to think. You know, Jerry Jones, the owner, you know, he already had his his issue with some stuff. And then, you know, and then he now he probably have to come out and speak on your behalf, you know, or whatever, or talk to you. And then you have to come out and issue apology, you know, and that's how almost every sports figure person is. You know, we like me, you had this conversation about, you know, the LeBron James about, you know, he's you know, he chimed in on Jerry Jones, but you didn't stand up for Kyrie Irving. But, you know, you didn't really get blasted in the media too much about it, you know what I'm saying? So, and then <laughs> certain athletes like that, you know, they pick and choose where they want to narrow their conversation. But I think for Michael Parsons, he'll, Jerry probably talk to him and he'll probably issue an apology and, you know, whatever. And you just got to be mindful of what you saying because you are a public figure and then you playing for one of the most recognized teams in sports, you know, so that goes, you know, people, you don't know what kind of reception you're going to get at these games. You know, you could get boo people, you know, how this, you know, at baseball games, these major league baseball games, they be throwing stuff out there on the, out there on the, on the, on the field. So you don't, you don't want that kind of backlash to deal with. You know, sometimes just say, you know, they say silence speaks a thousand words. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? And that's and just like you say, I don't talk. I mean, I'm very, I'm very well versed and knowledgeable when it comes to politics. I I have my own take on stuff, but the last few years taught me a whole lot of lessons. I mean, especially when it came to Facebook. Yep. Um, I have I've been on Facebook for when the Facebook first started on my my original page, and I had I think I had so many friends because I did poetry and all everything that you could think of. I had to get rid of that page because it came too detrimental, and I had to start a new page. And then I was getting, you know, you know how Facebook started detecting certain things, uh-huh. and so so I had to like I had to really switch gears to how I won't get my page attacked. 
So I kind of like now my page is strictly about sports, everything. You will never see me talk about anything out of the realm of politics or whatever. Now, I might read some stuff or I might do a video, but that's the far as it go. Um, like a couple of guys at my job, they talk, they was talk. I was my station was here. They station were there. I can literally hear every conversation. It was talk about politics, everything that was going on. I was like, man, politics and religion are the two subjects that you just do not talk about in the workplace because it's it strike a fire, strike a fire so yep. fast, right? You know, and strike, and then you know, you get the negative backlash, and then you know, you think having um. A public opinion means something these days, but it doesn't. You know, they say, "Well, <coughs> excuse me." And you know, I mean, you say, "Well, yeah, <laughs> freedom of speech," but Sue, you can't even say nothing because, therefore, you get so much backlash, and everybody gets everybody getting their feelings because you can't have a, a general healthy conversation over something. Yep. Yep. It's, and I, I like I like what Mike McCarthy said, his response to it. Um, they asked him and he said, Coach, um, um Co Cowboys coach Mike McCarthy on Brittany Griner. Like everybody, just glad Brittany is home. That's really the most important part of it, as far as getting into political opinions and so forth. This isn't the platform where I believe you discuss those, but mm -hmm. glad that <laughs> she is home. Exactly. And, and, and you know what's funny is that um, I was just I'm reading an article. Why were you talking? You know, former quarterback Boomer Siasen. You know, he be on um, CBS Today Show for um, excuse me for um, CBS um, Game Day, and he was critical of, of President Biden and said that um, the. It, this it was the worst exchange ever and it made us look so pathetic and i'm you know my thing is that, like you are um you have your right to your opinion but at the same time you have to understand the ramifications because regardless of how what if what if was your child your daughter you know was over there you know, being put in prison. What would you do to go? How would you go by? How would you plead? Everybody was pleading for this girl to come home, you know, and, you know, there was supposed to have been a deal early on. I think before she had got sentenced, they was trying to get her home before she got sentenced. And then it didn't go down. So, and I think the elections, these, um, these, these, um, Senate and House elections kind of like played a part of it because everybody was waiting because the elections was coming down. You know, and so now that the elections are over, everybody, you know, starting to figure out what, you know, what was the right course of action to do certain things. But nevertheless, now that she's home, um, they are going to give her time out time and space to you know to get herself together so you know basketball is probably the last thing they really want to force upon her you know when she come back
I can't hear you. Uh, right until she comes back, we're going to go back into the music. Yeah, I can hear. Yeah, I can hear you now. So, <clears throat> but <clears throat> but with that being said, now you know she could depress, she could relax, spend time with her loved ones, and everything. Not think about no basketball, but just really take the rest of this year to really get herself together. And also back um, to yeah, because you know being in there for nine months. Don't even want to play again, though. Well, I mean, I wouldn't play overseas. I wouldn't you go know. overseas, no. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't do that. I mean, she could play the WNBA. You know, I'm sure I'm sure when she do come back and play in the WNBA, you know, sometime next year, you know, she's going to get a, a well-received um, welcome, you know, because everybody's going to want to see her and they're going to be out for, you know, out there going to watch her. So, but I would not definitely <laughs> be one to play overseas. That'd be the last place I could I would think of. I I don't think I will go overseas for the for a long, long time, especially over there. Cause you never know what I mean, it could been it could have been really bad for her. Really, really bad for her. So all right. <clears throat> so now we're gonna switch to um our next topic. Um our next topic, we're going to talk about Deion Sanders, um, his exit from HBCU, um, Jackson State. Um, after he went going undefeated and bringing him another title, he decided he had offers, you know, from Auburn, UCF, um, but he went to Colorado. Uh -huh. Now, it's, it's sad to think that for what all this man has done, and the backlash that he's getting, it just, I, I, sometimes I feel lost for words just to even say, well, what, dang, you know, what, what did he really, why he, should he deserve this? No, he, I don't think he should because the fact of the matter is he did what he needed to do when he came there. I mean, I'm not mad about Neon leaving. I mean, to me, I look at it as, you know, you got to, sometimes you got to move on. It ain't that you saying you don't care. It ain't that you saying that um, I, I, I don't, I'm leaving behind. I'm just walking away. I'm running away from y'all mm -hmm. or, or I'm forgetting where I come from. Mm -hmm. Um, And like I told people, conversation I had about this the other day. HBCU reached out to Dion. Dion didn't look for them. They looked for him. They called mm -hmm. him. Jackson State asked him to come coach for, him, for them. 
people were saying, oh, he HBCU made him. No, they didn't. Primetime was already primetime. When he got to HBCU, <laughs> when he got to JSU, he, he y'all wanted him because he was primetime. Primetime made a mm-hmm. name for himself a long time ago. Primetime played on the field. His playing on the field is what made him what he is today and who he is today. So, no, HBCU didn't go look for uh, – I mean, he didn't go look for them. They came look for him. This ain't the first time Jackson tried to get Dion. They tried to get him before, even before this, before he went and took the job. He really went and mm-hmm. took the job because his son was there. Yeah. And, he wanted to, and he wanted to coach his son. And after he got there and was coaching his son, he said, hey, I can help turn these HBCUs around. And that's what he did. He did his job. He did his part. It's time to move on. People want to elevate in life. I don't understand for the life of me why people feel like people got to stay in a box or stay in a bubble. People don't owe you nothing. He don't owe owe nobody nothing. He did what he did already. He came Mm -hmm. in. He changed up the HBCUs. He brought notice to the HBCUs. He got them on public. He got them on ESPN channels. He got them on Good Morning America. He got them on, on, on platforms that HBCUs ain't never been on. He got the NFL to come out and look at HBCU players, something that NFLs hardly ever rarely do is go to HBCUs. And yes, we have this as many talented people at these HBCUs as all of the other schools. But for some reason, they don't come to the HBCUs. He gave these kids a choice to where they did not have to say, well, I want to go to HBCU, but in order for me to get my skills noticed, I got to go to the to the to the Alabama. I gotta go to the Texas AM. I gotta yeah. go to the Tennessee. I, I gotta go to the Florida Gators. I gotta go here. He they he gave them a choice to an opportunity. Just because he left or he moved on to bigger and better things, that doesn't mean he's saying F these kids. Mm-hmm. He's still gonna be mentoring them. He's gonna still be a part of their life. And if yeah. he if, if if what he taught them sticks with them and they hold on to it, they're gonna prosper. They're gonna prosper without him. What what happens when their time is up? Yeah. At the end of the day, if I work for Walmart and Walmart paying me twenty thousand dollars a year, but Target called me and tell me they're gonna pay me eighty a year, you got you you think I'm gonna stay at Walmart? Nope. Hell to the nah. I appreciate Walmart for everything you've done for me. I appreciate for you giving me a platform. I appreciate you giving me the the resume, the everything I put on my resume. But I got to go. I agree. Um, I was reading this article <clears throat> before I read this article from um, TMZ. I did a short video the other day about it, and I just said, <clears throat> I just said that this man took give half of his salary back so you could build your facilities. Your field was trash. You know he had a. You know he got donations from Walmart. He got. Um, you know, he got sponsorships from um, Under Armour. You know, he even went to Michael Strahan to get, you know, get help, like some donations of suits and stuff like that for these kids to travel in to where they look presentable. I said, this man brought you two swag titles. Yeah, him and uh, Andy Robinson Jr., you know, had a little spat. But at the same time, he brought so much notoriety and then there's something to be said because now that Dion is there, but you can learn from what he has done and capitalize on it 
and still push, you know, take the blueprint for what Dion left there and carry it on. It doesn't mean that it because <clears throat> HBCU's been there before Dion and they're gonna be there after him. But if there's somebody came there and lay out a blueprint how to be successful, then why not entertain it? Why not sit around and say, look, you know what? Hey, he did he was able to do this. Let's go out and get sponsorships. Let's go out here and and, and get these young men, you know, ready for the world or for whatever profession they decided to go to or even in the NFL to continue to be young men. You know what I'm saying? So the thing about it is, is that, <clears throat> um, the thing about it is, is that it's sad that they had to really do this to Dion, and then he, he actually had to like, um, you know, go somewhere else and look, in, you know, to better, better his, his his kid's life and himself and his family. You know what I'm saying? Now his his wife hasn't even spoke on anything until recently, but she had a you know she has something that she did have something to say by Twitter. Um, Dion said it. She sure did. Pablo yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, she's still bitter. Yeah. She's still bitter. And um. And um, like um, and Dion said, it, he said it perfectly when he was in that press conference with um, Colorado. He said, <clears throat> he said it's, it's, it's um, he he said that it's not about the situation; it's about his destination. And everywhere Dion went, he had an impact. Even when he was working with the NFL Network, he had an impact. He had his own little segment show there. And I used to watch him because I used to love how he talked. You know what I'm saying? He always, he gave the greats they respect. He gave the current players that was playing the game they respect. He always had people on. He always trying to teach. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing about it. Like he, he was in a room um, the other day with, I think, the special teams. And majority of them was white. And he told them straightly like this. He said, look. Don't be afraid of competition," he said. "If you're afraid of competition, then you're not you, you're not supposed to be here." He said that to them. He said, "Competition is healthy." He said, "We are about winning. We are about <clears throat> we are about winning, and we are about elevating." And he said, and "That's what he wants to bring there to to that school." And now, right. <clears throat> so it just it's sad. I'm going to read this article um, from TMZ. It said that Deion Sanders' moral at Jackson State was defaced, but not by a student. Even in a um, viral video uh, circulating around online, TMZ has learned a rep from Jackson State University tells us that the mural <clears throat> displaying Co um, Coach Prime in Jackson State hoodie and the hat was recently messed mess with um, Though it's unclear when it was exactly happening and the culprit remains unknown. The school rep said that the student seen wiping Dion's mural, which initially went up for football season homecoming around October, was trying to clean it up and receive permission from the university to do so. I mean, that stuff like that is sad. Hate. You know what I'm saying? Hate. It's, it's hate just, for no reason. Yeah, hate. And, and just because 
this man brought something there and they put a mural up. I mean, my thing is this here. If Deion Sanders go to Colorado, he be the, he say he stays there for three years, five years, get them to where they go. He might have coaches getting coach uh, coaching jobs, you know, outside of that. He decided to say, you know what? Hey, you don't know what Florida State might be doing around that time. They might take a nosedive. Then all of a sudden, he might decide to go there. Now the football world is really up in arms because they know that Deion can recruit. He know he's um, a polarized figure when it comes to young men, you know, especially young black men. And then also he's going to galvanize a team to where they have not been great for a long, long time, you know, especially in the, in the college football. So my thing is this here is that Dion <clears throat> and I'm know he's you know it probably I know it probably hurt him that Jackson State did this to him, but at the same time he's not gonna let it because three hundred thousand to five million is a whole lot of money, and then in the next three years his his rate his money is gonna get higher because I think it ranged to like six point five after three three or four years. You know, so, but now it's funny because Colorado State said that they don't have, they working on getting the money to pay Dion, but they don't have the money yet. What? I don't, I mean, I'm sure he got paid something before oh. he got Dion when he got to Colorado State. They said they don't have the money. They working on the money, but they don't have the money yet to pay him. So I think over, I guess they had to get some kind of funding or whatever the case to make sure he get paid for his, you know, being there because he has to pay coaches and he got to divvy out money, whatever the case might be. And that just goes back to Jackson State because I just heard from what I have heard yesterday. I haven't had a chance to follow up on it through an article, article or whatever, but it said that. The reason why Dion left is because it was mismanagement of money, you know, when, you know, what he had gave back to them. So how you, well, it's easy to, I won't say how you mismanage money, but, you know, why would you mismanage money after this, whatever this man had put into you? Because guess what? If you don't get a, 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 a decent coach to come in to continue to elevate these kids at Jackson State, Jackson State gonna go right back to where they was before, um, irrelevant. And guess what? All of the work that Dion did from there is gonna be lost for nothing. Well, that's true. Um, that was one of you know that's true. But at the end of the day, like I said, you know, you can't you can't blame him for kids not prevailing and they if they should. He did his mm -hmm. part. He and if they he um. And you know he inst he he instilled a lot of things in them. Mm -hmm. Um, he should have instilled a lot of things in them. Um, one of the things that I seen, I was trying to find it. So it says JSU put in the ons contract that after thirty k ticket sales, he would receive a percentage of the sales. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen. The whole time he was there, the ticket sales got missing. The on the football team, nor the staff. 
sought any of the money. There was a ludicrous TV deal in place that Dion wanted to get, but the university denied it. Dion, with his own money, built a new locker room and tennis court. All the new designs, Dion's pocket, the the new he pocketed, he paid for the new players' lounge. He hmm. also used his own money to feed his players. All of the fancy meals you saw the players eating, Dion paid for. <coughs> oh, when when JSU went to when JSU went to the celebration bowl last year, the school didn't give any money back to the athletic department. Dion used a lot of his personal money to fund numerous things around campus. The university did not help. The president wanted the name in the headlines as much as Dion. Dion wanted to coach the Celebration Bowl this year. GSU president said no. And the Celebration Bowl is sold out. The jury is out on if he will or not. A last-minute offer was made for $1 million for Dion to stay. But he had to pay his staff out of that. There was no new offer made. So they offered him a $1 million to stay? But Colorado giving you $5 million <laughs> per year? Yeah. Y'all was only paying him three, what, 300000 or 600000 supposedly? And he mm -hmm. gave half of that. He gave half of that up. And then y'all supposed to give him percentage of the ticket sales. He didn't get that, nor his staff got that. But that's what goes on in the HBCUs. That's, that's what goes on in a lot of the HBCUs. That mm -hmm. is the problem. That's the problem. Yeah. And y'all going to get mad at the <laughs> Power Five schools and, and in the SEC schools and the, and, and, and the Pac-12 schools. Y'all want to get mad at them, but they boost the clubs, provide for them. They, they the, the state provide for them. But mm -hmm. in the black HBCUs, that's the type of stuff that happens and goes on. Money is always stolen. Money is always missing. The players are always bottom barrel getting get, get having things. And the coaches end up being more than the coach. They end up being parents. Mm -hmm. That's why a lot of these movies you see and coaches you see, kids end up moving in with their parents. Yeah. Uh, uh, look mm -hmm. at um <coughs> what, what's the show come on all the time? <coughs> All American. All American. Yeah. You know, the blind side. You know, yeah. all of these things. Um, so at the end of the day, Dion did what was best for him and what was best for his family. He brought the attention to Jackson State University, not only Jackson State University, but to the HBCUs. He put yeah. them in the spotlight, he gave them an opportunity, he gave them an opportunity that they never had. So at the end of the day, you have to be grateful for where this man took this school to, the publicity he gave HBCUs, and let this man move on and live his life. Because can't nobody sit up here and tell me that if you got offered two times, three times more of your salary, you're going to say, no, I'm just going to stay right here because this is where I'm good, I'm comfortable at. No, it don't work like that in the world. Sorry, yeah. but it does not work like that. Yeah, and I agree. Because the, the thing about it is, is that <clears throat> Excuse me. The thing about it is for Dion, for them to do him that way, I mean, at least you could offer him a three or probably a two million dollar contract for the next two years or extension. 
to that, but you didn't make no offer. All you did is took the notoriety of what he did and try to make it your own. Like you did everything and Dion was the driving force behind it. So therefore, with everything that's being said, there is you can see there is a lot of truth to it because they didn't care. You know what I'm saying? They not and I was watching. Um, I was tagged in something over, over the weekend where um, one of the guys had Doug Williams from the Washington Commanders on there, and they was talking about it. And they had some interesting points, and like they were saying, they were not mad you know, for Dion to leave because it's human nature for a coach to rise to the, to the ranks. Dion always wanted to be a power five coach, but wherever his destiny led him to grow, to move in that way, then that's what he had to do. But he did teach these young men along the way why he was there it's not like he was just there taking all the recognition we all know how flamboyant Dion personality is if anybody knows how Dion was back in the day as a player then you should understand but Dion always been for the people people just don't understand it there was a one lady came on there I saw it on TikTok she was like oh well um, I'm not supporting Coach Prime anymore for what he's did. I was like, what did he do to you that you didn't do for yourself? <clears throat> now, I really, I used to watch Roland Martin a long, long time ago. Um, and I kind of got away from him a little bit, but I wanted to hear what he had to say on his show. And it was some very interesting points. And he said this, like, he put it just like this. How can you expect more from Dion when you don't expect for yourself? He said, how you want a man to continue to put back into a, um, a school when you as parents ain't putting into the school or you as a um, alumni is not putting back into the school? You know, he said a good way for everybody to put back in, donate a dollar a day. You know what I'm saying? To put back in there, raise funding, do something. And he said that some people just don't understand because they're not entrepreneurs themselves. They don't have no kind of business skills that or drive to enhance their life. You know what I'm saying? And he said that it, it's sad. You know, he said that, you know, a young lady for his company, you know, where she wanted to, you know, she was moving on. And he said he... And she didn't want to tell him. And he said, why not? He said, be, she said, because I felt like you was going to be mad at me. And he said, no, I could never be mad at you for bettering yourself. He said, because, you know, even though I'm the company, he said, but you have to do what's best for yourself. And to, and to say that I could relate to that in the real world, we, I, you probably could relate to the same thing in the real world. There are companies in the re regular as regular human beings like us we put we work for a company for years and years or we feel like we value something and they don't want to give us or pay us more money and then when we look for something better they get mad because they feel like we're supposed to stay there and continue to well you're a great worker i don't want to lose you but you don't want to pay me no more money 
you don't want to see me. You don't want to let me grow through the company. So I got to carry my talent somewhere else. And that's it. And so Dion did what's best for him, you know, and it happens. It happens every day in life. You know, people decide to move on and, and better themselves. And I think everybody just need to get out their feelings about it. You know, be a more appreciated that Dion did what he did because he didn't have to come down there and do that at all. He could have went somewhere else. And guess what? Then it'll be another subject. Well, why he couldn't come here? You know, why he went there to do this? He went there and it's still not enough because y'all think that he was going to just continue to pour all his resources, resources and his money into the into the school and not getting nothing back for it. I mean, he's he's due for what he he's um, he accomplished. And other, and so, sorry, Colorado looked at him and said, hey, we want you here. That's it. So. I'm sorry for HBCU or Jackson State, but hey, you now, now you, I don't know if this will teach you a lesson, but hey, you, you're going to have to really, <clears throat> you're going to have to really get up, get up off your butt and start doing better for these, these young black men and women that goes to these schools. And that's probably why some of them don't go to these schools because they don't get the proper resources out of there, you know? I didn't even know Stephen A. Smith went to an HBU school. I know he talks about it all the time until, until I, you know, so, and then you got Bernami Brown, I mean, Bernami Jones. Um, he used to be with ESPN. Now he, he said, he, he did an interview on C, on CNN. Like, I, I mean, the worst place you could go to have an interview to talk about somebody else, you know, Another another black man on TV is CNN, you know, just because they want to hear your take. And it, and it was funny because they asked him. They asked him, it was like, why you think that his decision was so wrong? And he said, and then he kept, he gave his points, then he kept backtracking and said, well, oh, I'm not mad at the decision. But he was like, well, don't use God, you know, to say that he put you here. Well, if that's where his heart lies and his belief, where God has put him, in, God put Dion into a, uh, a certain way to affect certain people. Like, you know how the saying goes, say people come in your life for a reason. Right. So, right. And so therefore, so therefore Dion has been put in some people, God hit him in certain positions to affect people's lives. You can't, you can't go against that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's sad, you know, to, to somebody that's a Hall of Famer, spent years playing two sports, you know, um, has done great things, never got in trouble, never, you know, never did anything. And all he did was went there to give back and help, help these kids. And now, look, I mean, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I say it's, it's hard helping your own. <laughs> it's hard helping your own. So, but now um, I think in this next segment, you know, the one of the main things that's been ongoing for all year long since the off season is um 
Daniel Snyder. He used to be Jerry Jones' friend. <laughs> yep. Um, and and now that his skeletons, you know, we all know that all these owners got skeletons in their closet, but some of those stick close to each other like leather. And I think Daniel Snyder shot himself in the foot because I think he was, I think he felt he was bigger than the league, that he could do whatever he want because he was an owner. He thought he was in the good old boys. But then when you allow your outside activity or your outside um, ignorance affect the brand and, and it has to go to Congress to be put in public, there's a, there's a, um, a course for um, repercussion. And I just think now, after 30-something years, Daniel Snyder finally getting what he deserved because he should never been the owner of the Washington Commanders. He shouldn't never he, – he, I mean, this franchise has been in purgatory for years. There was flash – I wouldn't even say flashes. There was a sprinkle of success here and there. You know, we went from spending so much money for over-the-hill players to – not spending money, going through coaches, going through quarterbacks, going through the up and downs. And it just, it has got so exhausting. I think that my most exciting time for doing the commander, doing his tenure is when he drafted RG3. Because I thought RG3 was going to be that guy until he got hurt. And ever since then, I mean... We was up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, you know. So, I mean, it's crazy because <clears throat> I didn't really realize that the report came out. I was anticipating it, but it's so funny how it was so timing that the commanders went on a bye week and all of this stuff come out, you know, where it didn't affect the team chemistry or their winning streak, the way they was playing and everything like that. So mm -hmm. I think it was I think it was good that it came out now during the bye week because now when they go back next week they can focus back on football. They don't have to worry about that. They I'm sure they they everybody's reading it and they probably gonna get a lot of a lot of them um, question. And it's crazy because <clears throat> I knew once um, John Gruden's situation was. Um, leak like sports sports illustrator said that the leak emails that led to the resignation of former uh, Raiders coach John Gruden was leaked by Daniel Snyder and the commanders according to the report by the United States House of Representative Committee on Oversight and Reform and you remember Daniel Snyder said that um what he, he said that he got um, information on all the owners, you know, he had them follow. Now, and kind of find out he he even had Roger Goodell follow. You know, I mean, what kind of per I mean, what kind of person that just sit around and collect information just to protect yourself? Because I, I'm sure he had to know one day that this is this was going to come to a head. 
And then you you literally have your wife out there being embarrassed and crying and getting booed. And I think that was the tail of the tape for them to decide to say, hey, you know what? We need to we need to um sell this team. Oh, so even though you're a cowboy fan, but mm-hmm. I want I want your insight or your thoughts of um Daniel Snyder's situation. Um, I mean, it's nothing new for me. I knew that um he had a lot to a lot to do with a lot of the things that was going on within just within y'all organization. Um mm-hmm. I knew that those emails from Gruden, I knew it came from the Washington camp. Knew that's how it all got out. Um, again, that was a way for him to try to save face because at that time, that's when the heat was really on him and on the, and the organization. Mm-hmm. So he did what he had to do, or they conspired together to um, try to get the heat off of him. Okay, let's re- let's release these emails so we can get the attention somewhere else. Pretty much the same thing he did with the Jerry Jones uh, picture. Nobody but Snyder mm-hmm. post that picture. He paid somebody for that picture. He paid somebody to point out Jerry Jones in that picture. Because looking mm-hmm. at that picture, if you didn't know that that was Jerry, you wouldn't have even known to that was Jerry in the crowd. Jerry mm-hmm. looks, of course, he's 80 years old now, so he's not going to look like he look at the age 14 or 15. But he, he, you still wouldn't have just been like, oh, that's Jerry Jones. Somebody had to dig that picture up for him and circle the picture for him um, to put it out there. Because he, he already had said that anybody vote against him or team up against him to get rid of the, of the team, he had a file on everybody. So that mm-hmm. was you know, his way of saying, okay, let me start with the most powerful person. Let me let, let me just start with, start there first. He did, and I, it's ironic, he did this, this a week or so before he had to go and speak before Congress. Like, that was going to make them say, hey, oh, you know what? But you know, let's talk about this Jerry Jones picture. That's da da da. Jerry not the one on trial, buddy. He not the one that they talking to at Congress, buddy. So at the end of the day, you you know you did what you did, however you did it. But at the end of the day, we know who Dan that Dan, Dan. We still know who Daniel Snyder is, and it is what it is. For for is that you mm-hmm. know it is bad for the team and the organization as a whole. Because it put the players yeah. in a bad light for a team, it put him in a bad light, and it just put the organization as as itself as a whole in a bad spot. And I believe that you know, with all of that was going on from last year, last year, and up to with leading up to this year, I, I believe you know it. It you, I believe it wore on Ron Rivera a lot when he. I know when he took over the team two years ago. And um, I know he probably like, okay, he could deal with it. Snyder gave him a little bit of leeway or whatever the case might be. And then they try to, and like you say, Snyder started making all these changes because we was talking about because Bruce Allen, um, and they come to find out that Bruce Allen was told by Daniel Snyder not to pay Trent Williams. So, Therefore, we lost one of our best offensive tackles that we could have still had in the organization right now. We could have probably still had Brandon Sheriff. So Daniel Snyder didn't want to pay these guys. So, and then it made Bruce Allen look bad because he was the general manager of these te- of the team. 
So therefore, he was taking the orders. He wanted to. They wanted to um, work out a long um, a contract, a long term contract with um, Trent Williams, and that's what things got sour. And then Trent Williams got traded. We could have kept this guy. We could have kept him on the contract right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Trent Williams, you know, he got injured, but he was one of our best offensive tackles that we had in years since Chris Samuels was there. So Daniel Snyder stayed in the mix when it came down to picking quarterbacks. You know, rest in soul, rest in peace, um, Dwayne Haskins. That was one of the worst draft picks we ever had. I could remember. I mean, it just seemed like he could never get out of his way and let the team, let whoever coached the team, build the team up. If back then when we had Mike Shanahan, Mike Shanahan, when he would retire, he probably would have had Kyle Shanahan as the successor of him. Kyle Shanahan probably would have still probably been the youngest coach coaching the Washington franchise and everything like that. So there's a lot of things. We lost a lot of coordinators because of him. Nobody didn't want to stay there because it was so toxic, so bad. We lost great coordinators from Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, uh, we, uh, Mike, um, oh, the guy that's in Miami not right now that w- was on the Shanahan. I can't remember his last name. But there were so many different things that um, Daniel Snyder have done to this team. And I, and I kept telling people, I said, it's going to happen. A lot of us, you know, can't, you know, a lot of them said, you know, hey, it's not going to happen. We'll see when we believe it. But I knew it was going to come to a head eventually because when they had put pointed his wife to oversee the team, I said, well, that's a bad move because she's going to still go back and tell him everything, everything that goes on. But I think the owners, when she was at these owners meeting, I think – the pressure started mounting more because they were putting, and then to have Jim Ursay of all people come out and just say, "Hey, I think there's merit there. He needs to be going." I was like, "Okay, now things are starting to heat up." And then next thing you know, they came out and say, "Well, they're looking for a partner for the team." And I just, and even though Rima and me has said this, I and I said it too, I believe that the deal is done for this team. I think it's going to happen in the off season, just before the season start again, and they're going to be changes. I think now. I do say this is that I don't know if they're going to rebrand the team in another year or so. They probably play under the same name for one more year, and then probably try to rebrand it in a different way to bring some of the old history back or whatever. I don't know, but it remains to be seen. But the first step first is to get him out of there. I think. And this, I, to be honest, do, do you th- do you think that the way the team is starting to play now, since Carson Wentz got injured and Taylor Heineke take over, taking over, do you feel like they, they know something has happened there, and they out there playing like like a real team finally? Um. Hold on. I was responding to somebody's question on our thing. What you what you said? I said, um, um, do you think that even though we got Carson Wentz, in which that wasn't Ron Rivera doing, that was another Snyder move. And 
since Carson Wentz got injured, Taylor Heineke took over, and the team has found their identity. Do you feel that they know some players on that team know that this 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 uh, franchise has going is going in another direction, and they playing like a real team finally? It's possible. Well, I'm sure they know. I mean, of course they know. They know what's going on around the facility. Um, yeah. They see the news. They see. Mm-hmm. The, they read the newspaper. They see the stories. They have nothing else. They hear people talk. They hear people chatter. You know. Mm-hmm. I know that the players try to exclude themselves from organizational things like that just because they yeah. want to focus on a game and they want to focus on the reason they're there. But they can't help but hear the things that's happening around the facility. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know a couple of players that have said that they wish they could get out their contract mm-hmm. just because they didn't want to be affiliated with some of the things that came about, you know, with the organization. I mean, yeah. when you drafted there, you have no choice but to stay there. You know, yeah. you have no choice but to be there when you drafted there. Um, if you traded there, you have no choice but to stay there. Um, whatever. At the end of the day, they want their money, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's a couple of players that said that they, you know, wish they wasn't draft there. They wish that they had known some of the things that was going on with the organization before they, you know, went there. Mm-hmm. However, but it wasn't wasn't a choice. The only ones that's there by choice are the ones that was free agents and they brought them in for a free agent and they worked the deal with them and they chose to sign the deal. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you traded there or you drafted there, you're not there by choice. You're there because that's where you were sent. You know. Yeah. So at the end of the day, they still got to play. They still got to make the best of it. They still got to make their money. You know. Um. But I know it's a lot of players, and as players, period, with any organization, I don't think they want to be a part of certain things that's going on with certain organizations. I think they there for one purpose, and that's to entertain the fans, and that's to make their money. And take yeah. care of they fam- take care of their families. That's what they there for. I um I think that you know John Allen, he's one of the most outspoken on uh, Washington Commanders there because he's you know he's one of the captains, and I just feel that um I think John Allen, out of most all, he knows what's going on and everything like that, and it, I think it's a great thing for him to really to really, you know, kind of still be that leader. Brown Rivera still being that, that, that the great, the good coach trying to lead these guys in another direction and keep them focused on what was at hand and not allowing them to, to steer off, you know, because we, I mean, this season could be, a, it could have been really bad. I mean, the way we started off one and four, you know, before we even turned the season around, you know, well, we was making headlines for all the wrong reasons from Jack Del Rio, Daniel Snyder, and everything was going on. I mean, Ron Rivera snapping at the media. I mean, it was just, I mean, the, it was going crazy. And then all of a sudden, they just hit a switch and just, like, got it right. So <clears throat> they could definitely need, this the franchise definitely need a break, an uh, overhaul break. Um so I got one question before we decide to wrap up and get off air. Okay. Um, Odell Beckham. Um, I know he interviewed with Jerry, and I know Jerry said that he had 
um, he had concerns about his medical injury, about his medical situation. Um, and then I heard hear him and Shaquan Barkley talking about say they never got a chance to finish what they started. Now, some people say he go to Buffalo. Some, you know, everybody, you know, some of the Dallas players want him to go to. And knowing Jerry Jones, like you know him, if he if there's an inkling of doubt in Jerry's mind about his medical, he ain't going there. Though I think the best logical choice is for him to re- reunite with the Giants. That's what I see. Um, you see him going back to the Giants? Yeah. I I mean to be honest, he may, but um to be honest, I don't think Odell um is gonna pick, go anywhere this season. Um mm. I think um that he's not gonna get the money he wants right now because he doesn't mm. want to work out for anybody. Yeah, no, he, nobody's gonna sign. I mean, he might take some it might be someone take a chance. But no one is gonna just outright sign him, knowing that he doesn't want to work out for them. Um, mm-hmm. I think if the Bills really wanted him, um, being that he left Dallas with no deal, they would he would already he would possibly already be on the team. I mm-hmm. think also the Giants wanted to really get him, being knowing that he you know didn't work out, um, didn't do anything, and they really just you know wanted to invest in him. Just because they would have done it as well, knowing that he left the Cowboys with no with no deal, um, mm-hmm. and I'm not. We still don't know what's going on behind the scenes with Jerry. You know, we never know. Jerry tell us one mm-hmm. thing to the media, then he do something totally different. Uh, yeah. You know, so we 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 really don't know. I think at this point, the ball is in Odell's park. He make the decision on what's best for him, but I don't think that if he could be an immediate help to any team right now or in the post postseason, I don't see any team. Picking him up right now, and I think he should take the advice of his agent, and that is stay out the rest of this season. Since it's already where it's at in the season, stay mm-hmm. out the rest of this season. Continue to do your rehab. Wait, mm-hmm. be, be a free agent at the fresh of a new season, a new um free agent season, and that way he can get you the most in the top dollar deal that you may want, which may be your last, which may be your last um big deal. You know, mm-hmm. thirty years old now. Two, two, two ACL tears, same knee. So, of course, he's looking for his last big deal. Um, a lot of people was mad in Cowboy Nation saying that, oh, Jerry, you know, Jerry always messing something up, blah, 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 blah. I'm, I'm not against, I'm not against Jerry with this one. I'm not, that's like going by a car, but you ain't, you didn't hear the car start up. That's going <laughs> by a car and you didn't see nothing yeah. on the car work, you know? Yeah. So, no, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not against. Jerry for not saying I'm just gonna go ahead and sign you just because you Odell Beckham man I know what you did in the past I need your help now yeah so I'm not upset with Jerry for not biting the bait just because that's mm-hmm. what the media want mm-hmm. or because it overhypes the team and I have to agree with Demarcus Lawrence when he came out yesterday and he said I done had enough of the Odell circus. If we signing him, sign him. If we not, we need to get to playing ball. We got important mm-hmm. games ahead of us. If he's going to come mm-hmm. on the team and help us win, I'm all for it. But if it's just going to continue to be an Odell circus, I ain't with it. Exactly. And 
you know, everybody say, well, he told Michael Parsons he'll be ready in five weeks. What you mean five weeks? Five weeks to practice? Five weeks to play? Five weeks to run? Five weeks to train? What What do you mean five weeks? And at the end of the day, he's not, he not a doctor. So he can't tell you he gonna be five weeks it's about what the exactly. medical team what the medical team says and he, Dallas the, have one of the best medical teams and the thing about it is the season be about to be over in five weeks <laughs> so I mean I think Odell wants the attention he wants the attention and he wants to be able to um he wants to be able to dictate where he want to go and the thing about it is like he's hurting himself not working out, but my thing, I don't think he's still healthy. I think he's been doing other things. So um I know there was one topic that I want to talk, but I'm gonna save it for next week's episode. We're gonna tackle um the situation with Antonio Brown. Um mm-hmm. About that, you know, him having that standoff or whatever the crazy his craziness yeah. as always. So we'll definitely tackle that topic on next week's episode. Okay. But <clears throat> um, we definitely um we definitely cover a lot in this episode. I mean, for it to be the first one, first one. Um, we got a, a yeah got a little dial, dialect. Um, for everybody that viewing in, you know, um, continue to support the channel. Continue to support Nikki's channel. You can find both of our um, YouTube links in the description box. Um, also, um, I'm trying. To, I don't have a, a specific date, so Nikki, I will get with you what day you think it would be comfortable between Wednesday and Thursday. Even though Thursday night football come on, depends on who's playing. Um, but we could either swap it in between there um, okay. to fill them to fill one of them days out like that. But um, for myself, um, I'm Martin. You can find me on YouTube, Live Wire Sports Entertainment, also on Facebook and on Twitter and um, Instagram. And my co-host Nikki. Um, I am on, of course, Facebook. Also, I am <clears throat> on YouTube, Cowboys Nikki, um, Sports Corner. And also, I am on, I mean, IG. I make TikTok. I do TikTok videos um, with little quick segments about what's going on in this NFL sports world as well. Um, but you can, but you can follow, follow me on all platforms. Also, I have a show on Tuesday nights um, called um, Cowboys um I mean, I'm sorry, Stars Talking Cowboys. Miss um, Myself, my co-host, Sean Fox, and Kay Boogie. Y'all can also tune in and listen to us on Tuesdays as well. We do talk mostly Cowboys, but we also go around the NFL and touch topics like we touched tonight on this show. So I will be back on with you live again on tomorrow night, right? <laughs> yeah, you definitely could catch us again tomorrow night. Um, the NFC East Roundtable, where we talk about the upcoming games for the NFC East teams, even though the Commanders is off this week. But again, thank you for tuning in for behind the scene. I mean, behind the lines. Um, and like I said, there will be more information of this segment coming along and we will definitely get with you next time good night everybody good night
Okay. Good night.